So is anybody going to stop Kevin Harvick this year, or are we just going to let him run away with the championship? Uh, back here with RJ's Pit Stop again. And what do you know, Kevin Harvick in victory lane again. This weekend we had the doubleheader at Michigan, race on Saturday, race on Sunday. No surprise, Kevin Harvick wins them both. Uh, if you watched last week's episode, I did predict that Matt Benedetto would win one of these two races. I whiffed on that, but I had the right idea. Fords dominate Michigan. They always do. They always have. They probably always will. Uh, I was really surprised uh, with how the Toyotas ran this week, though. Truex, Hamlin, Bush, all running real good. Eric Jones did not run as well, especially in the second race. Uh, we're going to get to him a little later. He was in the news for the reasons he doesn't want to be in the news for, but got to talk about it. Uh, Kevin Harvick, yesterday in the first race, I think he won all the stages, won the race, just absolute domination. This guy, you don't even have to use a pencil to pencil him into the championship race. You can use a permanent marker. Uh, Kevin Harvick cannot be stopped. And uh, I just wonder if that team might be peaking a little early. Um, but honestly, I'm not even worried about that because if this is their peak, they've been peaking for three months now since we came back from the virus. So... Uh, they're going to continue this. They're going to be in the championship race. What do you know? Denny Hamlin comes in second today. Again, he'll be in the championship race. Those two, they're locked in. Uh, we just got to figure out who the other two are going to be. A lot of people think it might be Brad Keselowski. He's going to have to do better than what he did today. Uh, drove in way over his head, going into turn one and two, loses it, takes Brian Blaney out. I was pissed, of course. Um, Ryan Blaney has got to have the worst luck as far as the good drivers are. Um, I don't even know if that made any sense, honestly. Ryan Blaney is a very, very good race car driver. He is very consistent. He runs damn good just about everywhere. The guy is really good. The guy should have a ton of wins, and something always happens to him. This guy, it, it was a running joke, um... With, with me and my family, we'd be watching the races and Chase Elliott would be running real good and something would happen to him. And I'd be like, man, what does he have to do to win? This was before he ever got his first win. This is now Ryan Blaney's reality. What does Ryan Blaney have to do to run a clean race, no problems, running up front and just win? What does Ryan Blaney have to do to just go out there run top three all day, and actually win the race and bring the car home in one piece. It seems like he never does it. I know there was a race, I think it was last year, might have been the year before, at uh, at Bristol. Running up front, running real good, and a couple like lap cars or slower cars wreck in front of him, and he gets mixed up in it. It seems like this happens every time Ryan Blaney has a great car or a fast car. Something bad always happens. Uh, and man, it sucks. But when that kid finally, you know, gets rid of all that bad luck, <laughs> y'all better watch out. This guy's going to be absolutely on fire. This is going to be something that this guy is going to be a perennial championship contender. I think he already is. Um, I think he has a very good shot at being in the championship race this year. Um, and by the way, I think that would be huge for NASCAR if a young driver could win a championship and really take over as the face of the sport and carry us for the next 10 years. But that's a that's a topic for a whole whole nother day. 
Kevin Harvick sweeps the doubleheader this weekend. Brad took out his teammate Blaney. It was on accident, of course. I get it. I get it. Um, doesn't doesn't change the fact that they're both tore up race cars, and I'm sure Roger Penske's pretty pissed about it. Uh, that being said, Brad Keselowski last week on this on this show, I said uh, he was going to be going to Hendrick Motorsports to take over the 48 car, and literally, literally the next day after I recorded this. Literally the next day, it was announced that he's going to be re-signing with Penske. That blows that idea completely out of the water now. He's not going to Hendrick. So now, what are we going to do? What is Hendrick Motorsports going to do with that 48 car? I went on a rant last week about the potential of them shutting that team down, or shutting the 88 team down and moving Bowman to the 48. Y'all know my stance on that if you go back and watch last week's video, but... A new player emerged. What was it? Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it was. Eric Jones will not be returning to Joe Gibbs Racing next year. Um, I'm kind of surprised by this. I'm kind of not. Uh, I think Christopher Bell is a future star. I think that guy's going to win a lot of races. He's going to be a championship threat just about every year, especially when he moves up into that 20 car, which everyone kind of assumes that's what that's what this move was made for. Uh, it's going to be Christopher Bell moving into that 20 car next year. Nothing official, but I would I would bet the house that Christopher Bell will be in the 20 car next year. If he's not, that'll be the biggest shocker to me in this whole silly season deal. But I do think Christopher Bell is better than Eric Jones. I think Eric Jones is a good race car driver. He kind of has underperformed with Gibbs, um, but... Also, it's not fair. Uh, you're talking about a guy who is teammates with Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and Martin Truex Jr. If he's not running as good as his teammates, okay, yeah, no one is. That's not fair. I mean, what, what are we doing? You know, so, but now, back to my original point here with Hendrick Motorsports, now Eric Jones, there's rumors that he could be sliding into that 48 car. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that fit. I think Eric Jones is a good race car driver. I really do. I have no problems with him. Um, I, I just, I think he's good. I don't think he's great necessarily. I think he's good. I do think the 48 car should have gone to someone of a higher quality, like a Brad Keselowski. That's a champion. That's a Hall of Famer. Also, what does Rick Hendrick want to do with this team? He's got three young guys. You need I made the argument that you needed an older guy in there to kind of, you know, be the be the leader and be kind of the the guy to lean on. If a driver is having issues with this, he can lean on someone who's been there and done that. If you go out and sign Eric Jones, you have another kid. You have four kids driving for you now, which looks great for the future of Hendrick Motorsports. But, man, there's going to be some growing pains there. There just has to be. Alex Bowman is, what, like 26, 27, and that's going to be the oldest guy on your team? Whew, that is tough. Uh, but I don't think Eric Jones is going to have a problem finding a ride. Um, I do think it might be that 48 car now. Uh, I would still, if I had to, if I could choose anybody to be in that 48 car, I really want to see Ross Chastain get an opportunity, but I do think he'll end up in the 42 because I do think Bubba stays in the 43. And I personally think John Hunter Nemechek put him in the 48 car. 
Again, he's very young, so it goes against my reasoning for hiring Brad. But you want to talk about just a raw talent that you're going to have for the next decade? John Hunter Nemechek, that boy can wheel. He wheels everything he gets in. And you put him in the 48 car? Man, whew, that, that might be dangerous. Hendrick Motorsports might have something there. Um, but I, I do think it'll end up being the safe pick uh, with Eric Jones going to that car. It's not a bad pick. It's just not. Nothing official, obviously, and I don't really have any sources. I'm, I'm just talking. Y'all know. Um, but this, it was not just about the Cup Series. Um, as we had the truck race on, what was it, Friday, I think? Was it Friday or Saturday? When did I watch? No, it was Friday. I think it was Friday. Right? It was Friday. All right. Zane Smith got his first ever Truck Series victory on Friday. Um, good for him. That kid has got a lot of talent. I really want to see him in a full-time Bush Series ride next year on a competitive team. Maybe if Chase Briscoe moves up to the Cup Series, maybe takes Clint Boyer's car, I want to see Zane Smith in that number 98 for Stuart Haas. Um, maybe if Dale Jr. wants to make some moves with his team, I would love to see Zane Smith full-time for Junior Motorsports. I think that would be huge. I think that would be such a good opportunity for him. I think that kid has a bright future in NASCAR. I think he'll be around a long time. Sponsors are going to love him. Good-looking California kid. You know sponsors love the love the guy already. Um, but the emotion that he showed after winning that race, um, talking about you know NASCAR is, is money-driven, and most of the people who get to the top – get there because of money and Zane Smith does not come from money so for him to be able to win a race in the truck series is huge and you could see the emotion on his face and it, what a what a what a sight to see um he mentioned it there's not enough there's not enough of the kids that are working hard grinding and fail before they make it there's not enough of that right now we're just pushing the all the the children of past race car drivers. And I'll be honest, I'm a huge Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott fan. But come on, like, how they got there is just, okay, push them there, push them there. Corey LaJoy, I really like him, got pushed. Or Brad Keselowski, got pushed. Or it's money-driven, like a Joey Logano, like the Bush brothers, um, you know, however it may be. And to really see someone who's grinded and had to work to get to where he is and didn't have everything handed to him. Um, I really loved seeing Zane Smith win that race. Um, crazy race, too. I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't kept up with the truck series that closely. I didn't realize Johnny Salter was going to miss the playoffs. He needs to get it together. I don't know what he's doing. Um, Saturday, Bush Cars ran at Road America. A lot of talk about maybe Road America being added to the Cup Series, maybe next year, maybe the year after, whatever. I am very, very up in the air about this. I'm very undecided about Road America. It would be a new date for the Cup cars, um, so it would be new, it would be cool, it would be fun, it would be a new market for the Cup Series. I like all of that. That track is four miles long. It is hard. Like, that. Th watching that bush race, those laps were taking forever. Um, if you run a cup race there, 
don't put it in the playoffs because we've seen the intensity ramp up in the playoffs, more cautions, um, a lot more restarts, things like that. If you have a cup race at Road America in the playoffs, that race is going to be five hours long. By the time you get all the restarts, all the caution laps, the four-mile track, it, it, that race would be so slow. I don't know if I want Road America on the cup schedule or not. We'll see. I will say, I'm not a big road course guy. I'm not a fan of the road courses. If we're going to add Road America to the schedule, get Sonoma off the schedule. Sonoma is an absolute snooze fest. If you enjoy watching the cup races at Sonoma, I don't. I, I, please teach me how, because I don't understand it. I don't personally know anybody that follows NASCAR, loves NASCAR, and just cares about the well-being of the sport as much as I do. NASCAR's literally in my blood, um, literally. And there are just two racetracks that, to me, are absolutely unwatchable. Pocono and Sonoma. How, how can we continue to keep Sonoma on the schedule? I, I think it's a joke. I think we should get rid of it. Add Road America. Get rid of Sonoma. We don't need too many road courses. Let's not get away from our roots here. We need more short tracks. We don't need more road courses. Um, I think three, maybe four road courses would be the absolute maximum. Uh, and that being said, I think it would be Watkins Glen, Road America, the Charlotte Roval, and then depending on what we see next week at Daytona, maybe we run the Daytona road course every year. Maybe that becomes a thing. Um, so we would have four road course races every year, and that would be it. I'm fine with that. I don't think any of them should be in the playoffs either. The Roval has been absolute appointment television in the playoffs, but it's just really gimmicky to me. NASCAR is not about road racing. We don't need a road race in the playoffs. We just don't. Um, so that being said, I kind of I, I like Road America, but only if it could replace Sonoma. Because what we don't need to do is just have another road course. I don't like that. There's a lot of people on social media that say they want more road courses and this and that. I don't know. This is That's this new wave of NASCAR fan. And you have a lot of old school NASCAR fans like myself, even though I'm only 24, I'm old school. Um, we need short tracks. We need the rivalries. We need the beating and banging. We don't need more road courses. We damn sure do not need a street course. I've seen that thrown out there, and I think that would absolutely be the worst possible thing that NASCAR has ever done. Um, and that's saying a lot because NASCAR's done a lot of bad stuff. If they ever run on a street course, I mean, you're just trying to copy IndyCar and Formula One, and neither one of those sports come close to the ratings that NASCAR gets every week. So I don't know why you would copy something that doesn't work. Anyway, I did want to mention, before we go here, a couple things. After the first race, Bubba Wallace finished top 10. That was a point in that race. One of those late restarts, I actually thought he was going to win. I, I or He was close. I don't think he had anything for Harvick. But I thought he could have got up to second. Um, and, whew, boy, that, that was wild. Um, but he did. After, one of the, after the first race, he teased a big deal coming that could really change the landscape at Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, he also confirmed that he already has an ownership stake in it. So everyone that freaked out, congratulations. 
he's already he's already owning part of the team, so get out of here with that. He did mention a big deal, and I said it last week. The best thing for Bubba and the best thing for Richard Petty Motorsports is for Bubba to stay in the 43, attract big-time sponsors, and become more competitive. That's how you're going to make Richard Petty Motorsports great again. This is going to play right into it if this is true, uh, that there's a big deal coming that's going to help shape that team. I think it would be great for the sport to see the 43 running top five, just like it's great for the sport to see the Wood Brothers running up there also. Um, let's let's do everything we can to keep Bubba in that 43, get him some more sponsors, get him running up front, and, you know, continue this 43 legacy. This weekend also started the choose rule, where they put the choose cone on the racetrack, uh, and drivers basically get to determine if they want to start on the inside or the outside. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and watch a few videos ago when I talked about them adding this for the all-star race. I probably called it really gimmicky, really stupid, this and that. Um, it is gimmicky, but man, it made things very interesting yesterday and today. The restarts were unreal. The strategy, everything, how hard you have to push. If you're one of those inside cars, you understand you're at a disadvantage. You're going to have to go balls to the wall into turn one, just hoping you clear the leader. Um, I, I really like it. I'm very interested to see how this plays out the rest of the year. Obviously, I think it doesn't happen on road courses. Um, we're going to see this the rest of the year. This choose rule actually seems pretty fun. Speaking of road courses, next week, Daytona road course. Chaos. We are going to see absolute chaos. Um, that very first lap, when they drive, when they all dive into turn one for the first time, I I don't know what we're gonna see, but you're gonna want to see it. Uh, I would just tell everybody, tune in. I know I just talked a lot of shit about road courses, but next week is appointment television because it is going to be absolute chaos. Those first ten laps, you're gonna see probably the worst driving that you're going to see out of the cup cars all year. Nobody has any idea what they're doing. Of course, the drivers are going to be practicing on iRacing all week, but that's only going to help you so much. At some point, you need to put your ass in the seat, learn the braking, learn where you can pick the throttle back up. You're, you're going to have to learn these things, and a video game can only help so much. Anyway, that's next week. I can't wait. Um... The playoffs are very close. We only have four races to go. Um, and the fact that one of them is a road course that no one's ever raced at, and one of them is a super speedway where anything can happen, we're about to see the craziest stretch getting into the playoffs that we've ever seen. I cannot wait. Next week, Daytona road course, chaos. Can't wait. We'll see you guys next week.